Welcome to this week's episode of My Mysterious Bible. This week we'll be looking at the second rebellion found in Genesis 6. Last week we talked about how the ancient, ancient Israelites would have seen three different rebellions from the book of Genesis as the cause of the state of our world instead of just the fall of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. So let's read from Genesis 6, and I'm reading from the ESV. When man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be one hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were the, of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created, from the face of the land, man and animals, and creeping things, and birds of the heavens. For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So back in verse 4, we get this Nephilim reference. So I'm going to read the definition of that from the Lexham Bible Dictionary. Nephilim, either giants or semi-divine beings who appear during the pre-flood era, era and prior to the conquest period. In Numbers 13.33. There is no sugarcoating this. The sons of God are supernatural beings who had carnal relationships with women and produced hybrid offspring, who were giants, known as the Nephilim. There is no other way the ancients would have or could have understood this. That's how procreation works, is through intimacy. But how could this be possible? In other accounts of the Bible, spiritual beings are shown to manifest flesh. In Genesis 19, the men of Sodom desire angels who appear to be men. Hebrews 13 tells us, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. The giants can be found in numerous Old Testament accounts. Numbers 13.33 tells us that the twelve spies sent into the, into the Promised Land found giants there. And the Israelites, except for Joshua and Caleb, did not have enough believing loyalty in Yahweh to trust that God would give them victory. Forty years later, only those two, Joshua and Caleb, get to enter the promised land with the next generation. I'm going to read from Deuteronomy 9, 1-3. Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today and to go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than you, Cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people giant and tall, sons of the Anakim, whom you know and of whom you have heard it say, Who can stand before the sons of Anak? Know therefore today that he who goes over before you as a consuming fire is the Lord your God. He will destroy them and subdue them before you. So you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you. 
Joshua leads Israel into the promised land with a command from God to wipe out and drive out these giant clans, occupying the land that was promised to Abraham. Let's focus on Genesis 6-4 for a moment. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. So, we see in Genesis 4, leading right up to the flood, it's before and after. Uh, before and after the flood, there will be this going on. And when you think of these men of renown, think of the demigods of the ancient Near East. Gilgamesh, the original strong man. Enkidu, the wild man from the wilderness. Achilles, who had a spirit nymph for a mother. Hercules, whose father was Zeus. And Perseus, who was also fathered by Zeus. Those legendary figures all had a supernatural parent and a human one. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 11, starting at verse 2. Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I deliver them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head was shaven. For a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short. But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. But woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head, because of the angels. Why would a wife need a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels? It seems a, a strange thing to say. Unless we look back and say that because they can be tempted by the daughters of man, just like it was in Genesis 6... Genesis 6 immediately continues with humanity becoming depraved. It is so bad that God judges the whole earth except for Noah and his immediate family. This is a direct consequence of the sons of God and their transgressions. The book of 1st Enoch tells a story of what exactly these sons of God taught humanity according to ancient Jewish traditions. There is much debate about whether or not this book belonged in the canon of scripture, and it is included as canon in the Ethiopian Bible. I don't think it belongs in our Bible, but I do believe we should be familiar with it because the New Testament is heavily influenced by it, with many, many references, and it does give us context of how the ancient Israelites of the Second Temple period viewed the events we are looking at. Now let's look at the knowledge these sons of God passed on according to the book of Enoch. And I'll be reading from the Charles Nosterly translation of the book of Enoch, printed in 1917. The fall of angels, the demoralization of mankind, the intercession of the angels on behalf of mankind, the dooms pronounced by God on the angels, the messianic kingdom, 
starting at verse 6.1. And it came to pass, when the children of man had multiplied in those days, were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters, and the angels, the children of the heavens, saw and lusted after them, and said to one another, Come, let us choose us wives from among the children of man, and beget us children. And Semiyaza, who was their leader, said unto them, I fear ye will not indeed agree to do this deed, and I alone will have to pay the penalty of the great sin. And they all answered him and said, Let us all swear an oath, and all bind ourselves by mutual imprecations, not to abandon this plan, but to do this thing. Then swear they all together, and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And they were all in all two hundred who descended in the days of Jared on the summit of Mount Hermon. And they called it Mount Hermon because they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And these are the names of their leaders, Semiyaza, their leader, Erekiba, Ramiel, Kokobiel, Tamiel, Ramiel, Danel, Ezekiel, Barakajal, Aziel, Armor, Armoros, Batarel, Ananel, Zakiel, Semsapiel, Satarel, Turul, Jamjael, Sariel. These are the, their chief of tens. And all the others together with them took unto themselves wives, and each chose one for himself. And they began to go into them, and to defile themselves with them. And they taught them charms and enchantments and the cutting of roots, and made them acquainted with the plants. And they became pregnant, and they bare great giants, whose height were three thousand ells, who consumed all the acquisitions of men. And when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. And they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish, to devour one another's flesh, and to drink blood. Then the earth laid accusation against the lawless ones. And Azazel taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates and made it known to them the metals of the earth and the art of working them. And bracelets and ornaments and the use of antimony and the beautifying of the eyelids and all kinds of costly stones and all coloring tinctures. And there arose much godlessness, and they committed fornication, and they were led astray, and became corrupt in all their ways. Semyaza taught enchantments and root-cutting, Amaros the resolving of enchantments, Berakijal taught astrology, Kokobel the constellations, Ezekiel the knowledge of the clouds, Erekiel the signs of the earth, Shemziel the signs of the sun, Sariel the course of the moon. And as men perished, they cried, and their cry went up to heaven. And then Michael, Uriel, Raphael, and Gabriel looked down from heaven and saw much blood being shed upon the earth, and all lawlessness being wrought upon the earth. And they said to one another, The earth made without inhabitants cries the voice of their crying up to the gates of heaven. And now to you, the holy ones of heaven, the souls of men make their suit, saying, Bring our cause before the Most High. And they said to the Lord of the ages, Lord of lords, God of gods, King of kings, and God of the ages, the throne of thy glory, standeth unto all generations of the ages, 
and thy name holy and glorious and blessed unto all the ages. Thou hast made all things, and power, and power over all things hast thou. And all things are naked and open in thy sight. And all things thou seest, and nothing can hide itself from thee. Thou seest what Azazel hast done, who hath taught all unrighteousness on earth, and revealed the eternal secrets which were preserved in heaven, which men were striving to learn. And Semiyaza, to whom thou hast given authority to bear rule over his associates, and they have gone to the daughters of men upon the earth, and have slept with the women, and have defiled themselves, and revealed to them all kinds of sins. And the women have borne giants, and the whole earth has thereby been filled with blood and unrighteousness. And now behold, the souls of those who have died are crying and making suit to the gates of heaven, and their lamentations have ascended and cannot cease because of the lawless deeds which are wrought on the earth. And thou knowest all things before they come to pass, and thou seest all things, and thou dost suffer them, and thou dost not say to us what we are to do to them in regard of these. And then the Most High, the Holy and Great One, spake and sent Uriel to the son of Lamech, and said to him, Go to Noah and tell him in my name, Hide thyself, and reveal to him the end that is approaching. The whole earth will be destroyed, and a deluge is about to come upon the whole earth, and will destroy all that is on it. And now instruct him that he may escape, and his seed may be persevered, preserved for all generations of the world. And again the Lord said to Raphael, Bind Azazel hand and foot, and cast him into the darkness, and make an opening in the desert which is in Dudael, and cast him therein, and place upon him rough and jagged rocks, and cover him with darkness, and let him abide there forever, and cover his face, that he may not see light. And on the day of the great judgment he shall cast be cast into the fire." And heal the earth which angels have corrupted, and proclaim the healing of the earth, that they may heal the plague, and that all the children of men may not perish through all the secret things the watchers have dis disclosed, and have taught their sons. And the whole earth shall have has been corrupted through the works that were taught by Azazel. To him ascribe all sin, and to Gabriel said the Lord, and to Gabriel said the Lord, Proceed against the bastards and the reprobates, and against the children of fornication, and destroy the children of fornication, and the children of the watchers from amongst men, and cause them to go forth. Send them one against the other, that they may destroy each other in battle, for the length of days shall they not have. And no request that they, parentheses, i.e. their fathers, Make of these shall be granted unto their fathers on their behalf, for they hope to live an eternal life, and that each one of them will live five hundred years. And the Lord said unto Michael, Go bind Semiyaza and his associates who have united themselves with women, so as to have defiled themselves with them and all their uncleanliness. And when the sons have slain one another, and they have seen destruction, the destruction of their beloved ones, Bind them fast for seventy generations in the valley of the earth till the day of judgment. 
and of their consummation till the judgment that is forever and ever is consummated. In those days they shall be led off to the abyss of fire and to the torment and the prison in which they shall be confined forever. And whosoever shall be condemned and destroyed will from thenceforth be bound together with them to the end of all generations and destroy all the spirits of the reprobate and the children of the watchers because they have wronged mankind. Destroy all wrong from the face of the earth. Let every evil work come to an end and let the plant of righteousness and truth appear and shall prove a blessing. The works of righteousness and truth shall be planted in truth and joy forevermore. So according to Jewish tradition, these angels that made a pact on Mount Hermon to do this thing that mightily increased the depravity of mankind to an unthinkable level, along with these angels mating with the women and creating beings that God never intended to exist, persuaded or even perhaps provoked God to hit the reset button by sending the flood of chaos waters to wipe out this problem, sparing only Noah and his family and the animals of the, on the ark. The question often arises about there being Nephilim present after the flood. How can they still be around when the flood should have ended the problem? There are several theories, but the Bible simply does not tell us. One idea is that someone on the ark was part Nephilim, and this is how they resurfaced after the flood. I don't find that to be very compelling. Another view is that since Philistines were a seafaring race, and they are giants, that some of them survived on the boats that they would have had access to. I, I don't know about that either, because you know that raises a lot of questions. Uh, could their boats have survived the, the great flood that God sent, meaning to wipe them out? I don't think so. The most straightforward opinion... The most straightforward explanation, in my opinion, is that more angels transgressed after the flood and fathered giants with human women. Remember that even in the New Testament, Paul is urging women to be modest because of the angels. In summary, the sons of God in Genesis 6 are angelic beings that did not keep their proper habitation and came to earth in an, an embodied form with which they had sexual relations with human women. The offspring of these unions are called giants, such as Nephilim and sometimes other names like Rephaim and Zamzumim. They also, and this is the angels, the fall, they also passed on forbidden knowledge to humanity that we simply were not ready for. So... This is the second of the three rebellions that have put the world into the violent, broken, corrupt state that it is in today. First was the fall from grace in Genesis 3, and then the second rebellion in both the supernatural and natural world, where those two worlds get intermingled instead of in a way that was not permissible in God's will and forbidden knowledge was passed on to humanity that helped us hasten our own violence and destruction
among other sins, like the beautification, the for love for lusty reasons and things like that. So that concludes this week's episode of My Mysterious Bible. And next week we'll get into the final of the three rebellions that have put the world into the mess that it is in. And this one will might even be stranger than the first two. All right. See you next week.